Uh, I've got, I want to read a uh, really quick um, uh, thing from a newsletter. Uh, this was uh, a newsletter that goes to Pentacle Prison. Uh, some of you might not go in. There's a, a, a chaplain every Wednesday. And uh, there was a guy in there called Nick. He's an amazing guy. Uh, he's quite a young guy, mid-20s. Um, he's just turned down. He gave his life to Christ with another, volunteer, with another chaplain. He started doing weekly, sort of like Bible studies. Gave his life to Christ. He found Jesus. And then he's been, he was offered to go to a Category C prison, which is a much lower restriction prison. And he said, no, I'm going to stay here in a Category B prison because I found Jesus in this place. And this is, I just want to read it. This was in the newsletter that goes out to all the prisoners every week. It says, freedom and faith. His name is Nick, and he'll be out in a couple of weeks, so we may see him, which would be really good. He said, it's a funny thing being in prison because I've never felt more free. How is it? that I had fallen for society's tricks and only to have found simply a perception. It's a strange thing, it's a strange world we live in because the very reason God has given me a residence, as in he's staying in prison at the moment, is the very reason why I committed the crimes. I sold drugs to shelter my, uh, to shelter my family and to put food on the table for a freer life. But how great is God? He took away my physical freedom to unchain my mental prison. Although my body is in a physical state of imprisonment, our mind is free to explore the realms of a higher purpose. He gave me a residence, which I no longer pay for. Can you imagine being in prison and thanking God that he's got a bed that he doesn't have to pay for? He gave me a residence, which I no longer have to pay for. He gave me roommates so I don't have to get lonely. He feeds me twice a day. And if that wasn't enough, he ensures my, doors, my door gets opened and closed with a smile. Faith is the very reason why my perception of life has changed. From every dark experience, you can always find light. Have faith and believe that there is nothing that you can't achieve. You have a purpose and a God has a plan for your life. Find it. Oh, it's amazing. It's just amazing. He's found something in Christ, you know. And then what was even more exciting is he then started a prayer meeting on the wings. You can only associate on the wings. So, but he, he sent out these little, like, he printed these little things out. We've got the chaplaincy to print them out. And said, all right, we're all going to pray at one o'clock. Any of your friends that you need to be prayed for. And he started putting them under all the cell doors, you know. He's starting a prayer meeting. He's starting a, like a prayer revival in Pentonville Prison, that old Victorian prison. It's just extraordinary, isn't it? The freedom that we can find. And it came from a, uh, a chaplain just meeting with him every week and doing a Bible study. It's just really exciting. We're going to look at our mental health series, and um, we, this morning we're going to look at anger. Anger! Okay, I don't know how many of us are struggling with anger at all, but what we've been doing over the last few weeks, uh, we started off by saying that even broken trees bear fruit. You know, that, that all of us at some point will have issues with some aspects of our mental health, but if you took away everybody in the Bible that had an issue with mental health, there would be very few people left to really encourage, encourage us because it's significant in the Bible, the numbers of people who have mental health issues. So we start off by saying, even broken trees bear fruit. And then Andy did something on anxiety and stress. And he had this great thing about, you know, going for presence-filled planning, planning your life. And then uh, Clive came uh, last week and spoke on fear. And today we're gonna talk about anger. 
And I really want it to be a, a, like a two-parter. So I'm going to just talk a little bit about anger and understanding anger. And then we're really going to pray that the power of God comes and breaks strongholds of anger in our lives. That's okay. <laughs> That's where we're going to go because, you know, we want things to be broken. And Jill's got something. Jill's going to come up at the end and just help us and lead us in ministry. And Jill's got a really just encouraging story of what, you know, God has done in our lives. So before we go any further, let's just read some verses from the Bible, shall we? Let's look in a few verses in Proverbs. I will, I'll, read, I'll just read the verses in Proverbs because there's a few of them. But if you want to look up a passage in your Bible, go to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 38. Let me read some Proverbs first. Proverbs 14 verse 29 says this, people with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body, but jealousy is like cancer in the bones. Proverbs 15 verse 1, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Proverbs 15 verse 18, a hot-tempered person starts fights, but a cool-tempered person stops them. Proverbs 16 32, better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. And let's just read these few verses from Matthew chapter 5. Now, this is from the, the message version of the Bible. Here's another old saying that deserves a second look. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose, says Jesus. Don't hit back at all. If somebody strikes you, stand there and take it. If somebody drags you into, talk, into court and sues you for the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. And if somebody takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit for tat stuff. Live generously. You're familiar with the old written law, love your, love your friend and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. Well, I am challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When somebody gives you a hard time, respond with the supple moves of prayer, for then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everybody, regardless the good, the bad, the nasty and the nice. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus for doing that? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-miller sinner does that. In a word, what I'm saying is this. <coughs> Grow up. <laughs> it's pretty brutal, isn't it? <laughs> Grow up. Your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out of your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others, the way that God lives towards you. <coughs> I don't know if you, uh, uh, yeah, that's, that was Matthew 5. I don't know if you, you recognise this, but there's quite a lot of anger around at the moment. I don't know if you, you sense that at all when you've been driving or you've been around or, you know, Jill and I were in a petrol station the other day and um, just at the top of our road, some guy came in and uh, he basically was trying to nick some petrol and uh, somebody said something. He absolutely went ballistic, totally ballistic. 
Abs I've never been called so many names in my life. Well, not for quite a long time. Absolutely, he just completely lost it. He was trying to steal stuff from it and he didn't really like it that there were people there that had said something to him. But there's a lot of anger around. There's a lot of anger actually, to be honest, I think about people who are being, have been cooped up, you know, for a year. And all these things that have happened, you know, opportunities lost and jobs that have lost and health that has been lost. I think people have been hurt. People have been hurt physically and emotionally and, and spiritually, I think, as well. And people are, are feeling angry. People are fearful about, about their jobs. People are fearful about their futures. People are, uh, are fearful about uh, money. And when all that sort of like pressure comes in, it sort of like, it just stews away and it boils up and guess what? It comes out as anger. And so I, just really briefly, what we're gonna do is we're gonna just look at the, some of the dangerous power of anger. We're gonna look at actually some of the positive power of anger and then how can we deal with uncontrolled, destructive anger. So firstly, I'm, does anybody, can anybody identify the fact that sometimes anger, anger can be destructive? Has anybody ever seen things like fall apart because of anger? Apparently, anger is one of the, the emotions that can have the biggest impact on your physical health as well. You know, and it says in Proverbs, you know, it can rot your bones, you know. Do you know, sometimes you, you see people that are angry and they're just, you know, they're just caught up, you know, in something. It's very, very difficult. Anger can destroy families and friendships and communities. It can rob you of your ability to make good decisions. And, and you know, there's, there was a time when people used to say about, you know, if you're feeling really angry, just let it out. You know, if you're feeling, just like go and, go and be angry, express it, let it all out, you know, as if in my life I have a finite amount of anger and if it gets out then I can go back to being a normal, calm, rational, nice human being. Like it's nonsense. I, I do not have a little cup of anger that I just need to sort of like let out. I am a, I am a factory of anger. You know, like, if I start getting angry, I, I tell you what, I just get even more angry and more. And it, people have realised that Proverbs is right. That it's not just about letting anger out, but it says, no, if you, if you allow anger to take a hold of your life, you will have to be bailed out again and again and again and again. It will can destroy our lives. It's changing. I think actually sometimes anger can be almost addictive and you need to sometimes become more angry to have the impact that you want your anger to have. And it's because if you, if you have like anger in your life and, and actually then people just realise they're just blowing up and so you have to become more angry. And I, I, I want to just feel, I, I think sometimes Anger can, can become a demonic stronghold in our lives. I just need to let you know that. It can, you know? But God's stronger than that, you know? We, can, we want to recognise that. It can be so destructive, but we're here, and God's going to move in power this morning. And God's going to break some strongholds, because God brings freedom to some of these areas. So that is the, that's the, 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 the destructive power of anger. We also need, if we're going to talk about anger, we also need to say, just very briefly, that anger can have a very positive power as well. So we're going to 
we, we are going to focus on like, the destructive power of anger because we're doing a series on mental health and the destructive area of mental health. Anger. But if we, talk, we have to just say also that anger can be seen, can, you can be angry in a biblical way. You know, it says, doesn't it, in your anger, do not sin. Therefore, you can be angry and not sin. Do you know, it, it says nearly 400 times in the Bible that either God the Father or Jesus or the Holy Spirit, they were angry. Yeah, they were, they were angry. Can anybody tell me any time when either God the Father or God the Son or the Holy Spirit were angry? This is a genuine, real question. At the temple. At the temple, yeah. So at the temple, Jesus went in there. He was furious. Why was Jesus so angry? Because something was threatening the thing that he loved most of all, which was his father's house. You know, and, and actually, you know, when some people say, well, I don't believe in an angry God, I believe in a loving God. You can't have an ang- a loving God without the capacity to be angry. <laughs> it's impossible. Because God gets angry when the things he loves are, are, are threatened. You know, if somebody threatens my family, or my children, or somebody threatens the church, guess what? Yeah. I'm going to get a little bit angry, actually. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to try and sin in my anger, but I am going to get angry about it because I love something and I hold it dear. So to, just to say that ang- we can't say that just anger is wrong. The other time that, you know, that we can obviously think when Jesus got angry was when Lazarus died. He got angry. <laughs> He got angry that his friend had died. And you think, well, why? Why did he get angry? Well, he got angry because this, that we were never meant to die. <laughs> we were meant to be in communion with, with Jesus, with the Lord. We were all supposed to be sort of like in that presence. And, you know, when we sing this extraordinary song, you know, God, let your power come, let your spirit fall, let your, earth, let your will be done now on earth as it is in heaven. We were designed to be with Jesus, to be in this wonderful place of intimacy with him. Jesus got angry when that was taken away. So the issue isn't anger. The issue is this, is how we are angry. And the problem comes when we lose the plot. When we go into uncontrollable, destructive, disordered, disproportionate anger. You know, and sometimes... I suspect there will be not a single person in the room who has not at some point lost the plot with anger. We are, you know, we, we're all guilty of it. And you know, sometimes when that has happened to me, afterwards I've just felt really foolish. <laughs> and it's because what Proverbs says is true, that when we lose ourselves to anger, we are foolish. Excuse me. <clears throat> God says this about the way he is angry. When he met Moses on Mount Sinai, <laughs> and he said, come up Moses, come I want to talk with you. Not all this stuff, this wind and fire and stuff went ahead of him. And, and then this is what the Lord said, Moses, I am the Lord, the Lord, a merciful God who is gracious. And then what did he say? I'm slow to get angry, Moses. <laughs> I'm slow to get angry, and I'm abounding in steadfast love 
and faithfulness. Proverbs 16 says this, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit better than he who takes a city. And I think what, what the Lord is saying is that sometimes anger can be a right thing. And Tim Keller, he talks about anger, and he talks about almost like a surgical anger. And a surgical anger is not losing the plot, but is just consistently focusing, not on the person, but on the problem. And sometimes even, you know, when we're you know, talking with you know, our friends or our family or our children or our grown-up children or whoever it is, you think, how can we convey something of, of God but not lose the plot? And Tim Keller said, no, have a, there's a surgical anger which basically manifests itself as this, a relentless pursuit of the truth and not willing to let go on it. But you're not losing the plot. You're not losing yourself. You're not uncontrolled in it. But it's a pursuit of the truth, quietly and consistently insisting on the truth. So that's the, the destructive side of anger. That's the positive side of anger. How do you deal with anger? How do you and I, how can we go through life and deal with uncontrolled anger? And just a few points here. And then uh, Jill's gonna come up and share something and then we're gonna pray. First thing is this, when we attempted to act to be angry, just reflect on the cost of being angry. Proverbs 29 verse 22 says this, an angry person starts fights. A hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sin. When you lose your temper, you always lose. Uncontrolled anger will always push people away. It will always alienate people. And every Wednesday when I go into Pentonville prison, just to let you know, it is, it is filled with men very, very similar to me. And not if you're a woman, not you know, like you, but to people like us who have lost the plot with anger. And you think, how did you end up here? You know, and you sit down and you have the most like, rational conversation and you, know, you can sit in there. That, you genuinely think, you know, if we're in a, you could be my friend. But they allowed anger to come in there and they're changed. And then in a moment, I've heard guys explain the most horrific things that they have done because one moment they got angry and lost it. If we want to control anger, think of the consequences. When that guy came up in the petrol station and had to go at me and he came up and he, he coughed in my face as a, you know, he then, he then came to Jill. So he's that, that man your husband, he's that beep, 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 beep. <laughs> and Jill was filling the car up and she was like, oh dear. And everyone else in the petrol station was like, are you okay? And then he sort of like, he didn't pay for his petrol and then he just stormed off and then there was this community spirit. And you know, I'm thinking, oh my word, what went on there? <laughs> I, sometimes unhelpfully, I think of things to say. And I thought of something to say to that man. And I'm so, so grateful I just shut my mouth. <laughs> I thought I could say, and I just knew it. Anyway, but sometimes we've got to know what the consequences. But the second thing is, so uh, the first thing is just think about the cost. The second thing is overlook an offence. Proverbs 19 verse 11 says, this sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. 
Does um, anybody have anybody in your family that knows how to push your buttons? <laughs> Some people, yes, I do! <laughs> Often, not entirely, Sometimes they could be work colleagues or other people. They can quite often be family. They just know how to get under your skin. And sometimes mean and unkind people, people say mean and unkind things because they are struggling you know, themselves. But Proverbs 25 and that verse that we read in Matthew earlier says this, turn it on its head. Simply pray for them and ask God to provide for them. Just see how it works out. And, I, you know, I, just as a, you know, you have to be a testimony. There is a guy in my life, not in, in any area involved in church, just so you know, you know, he really winds me up chronically all the time. Sometimes I only need to look at him and I feel wound up. <laughs> I just think, oh, shut up. <laughs> but I, I actually, I realised it was just stewing away in me. It was stewing away and I thought, the only thing I can do is to pray for this man. To pray for his blessing. Pray that God would be at work in his life. It changes things around. Third thing is this, understand your anger. Understand where you are hurt. Understand where you are frustrated. I just need to let you know that often, when I'm angry with other people, if I'm really honest, I'm angry at myself. (laughs) And I just, I turn it back. You know, anybody who, who knows me at all would know that I have a, a, something in my character trait which isn't good, which is being late. It just, I, that is, I, I don't know why I do it. I think my mum was always late. I think we, it was, we, I need to go for therapy for the hours I used to spend outside my primary school waiting for my mum to come. And then she would breeze up and say, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, well, okay, whatever. You know, just get in the car. And all my sisters were all the same, you know. And so often when I'm driving somewhere, I would be driving there late. And guess what? I will get angry with people on the road. Just get out of my way. Get out of my way. But the reality is I'm angry with it, but I am really angry with myself. Actually, that's the truth of it. And we need to understand sometimes, where do we need God to come and break in and change us? And then the, uh, the fourth thing, and then we've got just one more after that, is this. If you want to deal with anger, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I think that sounds too simplistic. All I can say is, it is true. If you find that you are an angry person, come and be in the presence of the living God. I was talking with somebody the other day, it was so good, Annie, when you were talking about that testimony, I just love it. But you know, part of it, I think part of the, the victory came in being in an encounter night. And I was talking to somebody else a few, probably about two weeks ago, and they were saying, oh, my life was just like, I couldn't quite work out all these different things. And I was getting frustrated and I was getting angry and ah, it was just like consumed. And she was going like round and round in circles. And then they said, oh, but I came to an encounter night and things made some sense. And the reason why they made sense is because suddenly we're taking our eyes off ourselves and being consumed with ourselves and what's going on in our own lives. And suddenly we're saying, Jesus, I need you to break in. 
I need you to carry this for me. And that is what we're going to pray. And I believe that, actually, for, for those of us in the room and those of us who are watching online, I believe that in a moment, God is going to come and break in and break the strongholds of power. The, the last thing before Jill comes up and just shares something of her story is this, that I think one of the most, one of the most practical ways, actually, is to, is to make a, a public adult confession of your faith and say no this is who I am and so actually I want I want to do is have a, a plea if you have not been baptized I'd encourage you to get baptized if you think oh, I've been a Christian for too long and I'm an adult it's too late well guess what Jesus had been a Christian for quite a long time and he was an adult when he got baptized you're in good company yeah. you know if you haven't got baptized but I think there's something about that the moment of public declaration and saying but this is who I am this is my identity. I'm a woman in Christ. I am a man in Christ. And I think God is going to slowly come and turn things around and get a work um, in our anger.